Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Men's style has changed dramatically over the past few years. Making the American Man will grant viewers access to a cr- the creative minds of the artisans and enter- entrepreneurs, pardon me, and the entrepreneurs who are leading this movement. Some of these makers are tried and true, rediscovered American heritage brands dedicated to an unwavering tradition of union-made quality. Others are young entrepreneurs who mourn the transition to disposable imported clothing. So and so were inspired to make menswear that equated with artisan artisanal quality products that their parents and grandparents took for granted. That is the premise. That is the uh, sort of the story behind Making the American Man. Um, it is uh, director is uh, Greg Caruso. He's joining us today. And I want to remind our listeners that it's also available. You can see Making the American Man on Netflix started a couple of weeks ago on Netflix. Greg Caruso, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for being here um tell me a little bit about how this uh the idea behind this project came to you Mm -hmm. well i grew up in la and i've always been interested in in men's clothing and um dressing well i guess um and went to a barber shop in la called baxter finley and i met the owner at the time um jp mastay who introduced me to some store owners um, of a store called Union Made, and from there I kind of uh, started to meet different different uh, makers and shop owners, and uh, started compiling a list of you know my favorite stores around the U.S. through reading them on blogs or whatnot. And finally, as a senior at USC, I um, started cold calling these companies with uh, two friends of mine who produced it alongside me. And we put together a list of about 10 companies on the West Coast and thought that was going to be it. And then it snowballed into about 35 companies um, across the U.S. So uh, it wasn't only fun to film, but it was interesting to meet all these different people in different states. Right. And the film uh, is about a couple of it's about a lot of things. It's a, there, right. There's sort of a subtext of of. Uh, the loss of manufacturing in this country, uh, mm. talking about trade policy a little bit, sort of in, uh, but it's also about what it means to, the definition of masculinity, what it is to right. be uh, a man. Tell me a little bit about the melding of those two sort of concepts in the making of the American man. Yeah, it was a question that I was curious about, um, you know, what's happened to masculinity, what that mean, what that word means, um, what the word gentleman means in chivalry. Is it just how you treat people um, and um, your actions, or is it also how you present yourself? So I wanted to ask these different makers if that tied into their story of what they make, whether that's you know a pomade and a grooming product you put in your hair or the way your shirt is cut and the, the way your jeans look and your boots are kept. So um, I started asking each maker we interviewed that question, and uh, we started seeing a, a through line of the way they answered it. And uh, I think the, the conclusion is 
you know, it's most important for standing up for what's right and treating people with respect. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that presenting yourself and looking good is, is a bad thing. I think that's definitely part of being a gentleman and part of being a masculine, for that matter. I found that throughout the film there is this sort of uh, recognition sort of of, of tradition uh, mm-hmm. of, uh, of um, a way that artisans in this country made this country um, what, right. it, what it is is sort of the, the benchmark for the world in terms of manufacturing products. Um, mm-hmm. that, that seemed to be, a, 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 as you say, a through line in this film. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, was, was that something you expected to hear? I mean, sort of, I mean, it's, it's, it's heartening to hear that, and it's also right. sort of um, a rediscovering, if you will, of this sort of tradition. Definitely. Yeah, we, I guess we have two types of companies. We have new companies that have came about in the last 10 years that are American-made, and then we have the older companies that have been doing it, say, for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, companies like Schott NYC that made the first motorcycle jacket, or you have uh, a tannery in Chicago called Horween Leather that uh, makes um, manufactures leather leather goods for for almost probably every company we interviewed, as well as the NFL for their footballs. Um, they've been doing it for over a hundred years. And Oxford Clothes in Chicago has been making suits for um, presidents for over a hundred years. So there's these new, um, more craft type companies that have come up where we're focused on, but there's also a handful of these, these family run brands that are still going strong. Yeah. I, by the way, we're speaking with uh, Gregory Caruso, uh, the director, producer, executive producer as well of the film, making the American man. And as I said earlier, it is now available exclusively on Netflix. Um, is there just a curiosity, is there a theatrical run yep. for uh, making the American man? There's not. We went, great to Netflix. Okay. Not a bad deal. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Yeah, that's yeah. that's great. And and I really do like the blend in this. It, again, the the film is about it's it's about these different companies and obviously they they all have an opportunity to kind of showcase what they do and mm-hmm. and why they do and the, we get into the philosophy behind them, behind why why they're doing uh, the kind of work they do. Um so there is that, but it is it's deeper than that. And I again, I, I think this is a film that, uh, in watched in its totality, you you see, uh, sort of the longing for a kind of a, a traditional approach to manufacturing, but you also see a kind of a steady, but it, but subtle but steady kind of call for uh, America to to reinvest in itself and reinvest mm-hmm. in the people who are not in just these companies, but in, in a sort of a um, reinvesting in the American worker. Right. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think we focused on clothing. Yeah. We focused on a niche market of certain men's clothing and grooming companies, but you could go across the board into to other things that um, are being made in America and that we should support. Now people could go to the on they can go online to makingtheamericanman.com and you can find out more about um, the film obviously and the making of it but you can also click on to find out about these different manufacturers because I, as I'm watching it I, 
I became increasingly more interested in, and I found myself going online to check out these different companies myself. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think this is part of what I was saying earlier. You know, is it reinvesting in American companies or investing in manufacturing in a way? Because uh, the statistics are staggering. We the um, the United States over the last forty years or so, give or take, have lost a tremendous amount of our manufacturing. Um, And most of it's gone, at this point, most of it's in China, but it's gone all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, but um, I guess by by virtue of watching the film, uh, it becomes, uh, the the, the, the argument goes, what is cheaper? What does that actually mean? And are people willing to invest in something that's more more money, Granted, yeah. but is it worth it? And go ahead, and you you can make the case better than I can because I I think that's really a lot of what this is about. Yeah, definitely. Some of these products are, or most of them, I guess, are going to be more expensive if if they're made in the states opposed to somewhere like China. So, um, a button-down shirt, for example, is is going to retail at uh, seventy dollars if it's made in in China. A nice button-down shirt. Um, in the, in the U.S., if it was made in New England, it's going to be 200 mm-hmm. And uh, the same goes for a pair of jeans. The same goes for boots. So um, there's definitely an investment involved in that. But American products tend to last longer, too. So you got to put that into the equation. And um, we didn't shy away from the fact that it's, it's more expensive. But what you're doing is you're supporting jobs in America. You're supporting um, localization. You're supporting your community. By um, by buying these products from not only people that are making it here, but people that you know, you can walk into these stores and meet the owners and call them, and it's um it's more of an intimate experience, I guess, and uh, I think that that's people are missing that to a certain extent these days with social media and everything and online shopping, um, and and this is giving more of that community sense where you know who's making your products for you. Well, and, and also I'd make the, the case, and it's made by a couple of different people in the film, that by the time you factor in the sort of the the soft cost of cheaper mm. products, and I would say even cheaper food, I, there's just so much pressure right. in this world right now to just it, sort of the price point, as you said in right. the film, to just make it cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. It doesn't really matter. But just mm-hmm. using food as an example, what is the cost of cheap food? Well, the cheap food that gets subsidized, that ruins the uh, economy uh, for mm-hmm. the people who are trying to work in these places and ruins the ecology of this country because we're, 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 we're allowing these, these practices that are just horrific for right. sustainability. And, and so, so we, we, we've just, it's, we have been beaten over the head for a long, long time that, that it has to be cheaper and that's the only thing that's acceptable to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the film, many of the people in the film are making the point, and I, I believe it to be true as well, that people are beginning, it's beginning to dawn on them, if they buy something of quality, in the long run, it it's, it is a better investment. Definitely, yeah, and you can cherish it and uh, yeah. and grow with it. You know, you can wear in your boots so it molds to your foot and wear in your jeans so, um, you know, your kneecap bends in the right place. I mean, those <laughs> things, start no, you start noticing when you wear them, yeah. and uh, it does make a difference. Yeah. What What's the thing that's most surprised you about in the making of this film in terms of just your overall impression of 
may I say, the, the American business owner or the people involved? Or what's the thing, or maybe there's a couple of things that have surprised you in making this film yeah. as you Let me think about that. I would say um, the community is right now is uh, might be a little smaller than I anticipated. At least the companies we interviewed, mm-hmm. um, most of them know each other. You see these same brands popping up in the same stores. Um, and I guess to complement that, I mean, it just surprised me that these people are normal people who wanted a better product for themselves. And they set out and they, they made it and uh, did a couple of test runs, even if they didn't have experience in the industry. Um, but they, they kept pushing and finally some of them are, are starting to see success now. And uh, I think those stories are the best. Um, there's a couple in Seattle um, the Freemans, who um, Scott Freeman couldn't find a, a raincoat that he liked. He had worn out his, his favorite one, and uh, so they made one. And now they sell raincoats, and I think they're some of the best raincoats on the market. So um, I think it's just persistence, and a lot of these people, it's their passion. It's what they love doing. So they stuck with it and found a way to, to make it work. And and on and some level, they need a little help. They need a little bit of, and not of asking for much, yeah. but they're asking for a level playing field, right? That's really what we're talking about here is a level yeah, playing de- field. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, we can provide that help by, by supporting these companies. Yeah, we can. And also, yeah. let's be honest, our trade policies and things like we can ask, we can right. ask our, the leadership in the country to uh, to see to it, to reinvest in us. And, definitely. and, and watching your film, watching, uh, um, making the American man, there there does seem to be no lack of people who are truly passionate about it and truly interested in 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 becoming the engines of our economy in in whatever small whatever scale they're right. they're comfortable with, which is really very heartening. It, it, it is. Yeah. is is that was that a something you took away from this? Is sort of a feeling that, given the right yeah. set of circumstances and a level playing field, we could really do this, couldn't we? Definitely. And um, I got to be honest, there were some mornings I woke up after we, you know, interviewed 30 people um, in the, I guess, in totality. And I was getting a, a little tired, but then I'd meet someone else and they'd amaze me and I'd, I'd get my energy back and motivation and we'd, we'd keep hitting the road. Um, so that's a testament to those people. And we didn't want to leave anyone out. We want to try to hear everyone's stories that we were interested in. Wonderful. And, uh, they really have a great passion for what they do. Well, well, terrific. Well, terrific. It's it's a it's a wonderful documentary. Again, I want to let our, our audience know that it's available currently on Netflix. Uh, it um, exclusively available on Netflix. There, Gregory, are there plans to roll it out to other platforms, or are you are you happy on Netflix? <laughs> no, not now. We'll be on Netflix for the next couple of years. So, okay. Uh, All right. Well, it's a terrific documentary, and I again I, I want to underscore that the fact that it is, uh, it's a it's a story that we don't hear a lot about. I think, uh, and and about the American uh, desire to be the best, uh, and to and to allow us to, uh, as as an economy to grow from within and not be so dependent on on outside manufacturing for our for our well being for our livelihoods. And and it's a cool story about American men, masculinity. I really mm-hmm. did pre- appreciate that uh, uh, finding a finding our own finding a voice that uh, is our own. 
definitely. Oh, well, definitely. well, yeah. well uh, Gregory, thank you so much. Uh, the film, again, Making the American Man, uh, the film director, producer, executive producer, Gregory Caruso. Thank you so much for being here on Film School today. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.